Welcome to Bitverse Byte, a weekly podcast about the web industry, tools and techniques upcoming and in use today. My name is Adam Listek, a web developer from Northern California and Central Illinois. If you'd like to help support this show, please tap the link in this episode's description if you're using the Anchor application or visit anchor.fm slash bit-v-byte to become a monthly supporter. And finally, I want to kind of talk a little bit about something uh, that I have encountered over the past, you know, year really. Um, but it's it's on this concept of being busy. So there has been this recurring theme for myself personally, especially over the past months to a year that I, I've been trying to break. And although I have made like a lot of progress on many projects I have and tasks, it's been tough to break the problem of kind of being busy for busy's sake. It's been almost more difficult to sit down and really focus on a problem to solve it without being distracted and really just poke at it for a few hours to eventually solve it when really it probably could have been done far quicker with, you know, a better focus. There's been a lot said about, you know, trying to really narrow your time and kind of focus it to make sure that what you're spending time on is productive and not just kind of that busy work for the appearance of it. And not necessarily to say the you're you're faking it per se, but really that you're putting in the appearance of doing the busy work to try to get further on a project, but you're not really focusing where you should be putting your energies to. And I don't think anything I've done is necessarily just for the appearance, but it's been tough to be really focused on getting certain things done. I think some of that always does relate back to that feeling of burnout and lack of focus. And some of it's just learning better time management. You know, both of these are topics I've mentioned, talked about before, but it does very much, you know, encroach on this concept of being busy and being productive at the same time. And they don't necessarily go together all the time, at least. You know, so what I've found is that when I really do sit down, you know, put some music on, focus hard at a problem at hand, you know, I can really get quite a bit done. It just takes a lot of willpower some days to go do that rather than being distracted by a million different things. You know, for example, one of the things I've I've learned to do is to close Twitter. You know, I don't use it a ton myself, but I I follow a lot of people because I like it for tech news and kind of checking on that kind of stuff. And it's very easy to kind of keep clicking that button to see, oh, there's something new to look at or some other rabbit hole to go down. So part of it is having, too, that you have a distinct goal and end in mind for what you're doing. So if you end up doing the same thing over and over without any real end in sight, it can be really difficult to stay focused. So with all that being said, for myself personally, I am finding kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. I have a lot of exciting projects coming up that I haven't been able to do before or really be excited about in a long time. So that's helping me personally to kind of get out of that rut. You know, I've still been going, you know, getting through my projects, but the feeling of needing just to be busy and making that progress, but not actually accomplishing as much as you would like, it does wear on you after a while. So with the future kind of looking brighter in terms of work projects and really seeing where I can take certain ventures, I believe for me this will become less and less of a problem. But really, that goes for anyone and their projects. You know, if you can stay excited, and even if you aren't, maybe find a way to shake it up, you know, put a different spin on things, find something that works for you, 
it will help get you out of that feeling that you're losing productivity despite how much work you're putting in. And it really does go that you, if you can focus, if you can sit down, kind of get those distractions out, and like say have a focused half hour, it's going to be way better to do a half hour focused work than three hours of non-focused work and kind of being distracted. So it's something to keep in mind that you could have a five-hour workday and get far more done than the person doing 10 to 15 hours because you're focused and you're really trying hard to make sure that whatever you're working on, you're not being distracted by everything else. So it really does make you think about where to spend your time and what you need to do and does go to that concept of protecting your time and making sure that when you do sit down, you're not just being busy for busy's sake, but you're doing quality work. So follow this podcast on Twitter at bitvbyte and Facebook at slash bitvbyte. Thank you for listening, and please join us next week. A couple links and resources that I found. There's a great article at Web Designer Depot about CSS border radius can do that. Well, the title is CSS border radius can do that. But really what it's saying is, you know, there are more properties and flexibility in the border radius um, uh, CSS, you know, element that you might not have thought of. Um, And it's pretty cool. I honestly didn't know that you could modify all the corners individually. It's a hand really thought or had a need for it. You know, usually I use border radius to just kind of round the corners and, and all four corners in certain applications. But you can actually do quite a bit with it. Uh, and I recommend reading to learn more as you can get some really unique shapes. And one of the cool things I was thinking about this is if you animate between two very unique shapes, you could probably get some kind of cool, almost blob like animations in it, which, depending on the look you're going for, might be kind of a cool technique to use. I haven't tried it. Don't really know if that would actually really work that way, but something to think about. Uh, There's a cool site I found called Logo Lab, and really what it is, it's a neat little tool that lets you verify that your logo kind of works at a variety of colors, sizes, and options. It's one of those final checks to make sure that, hey, if I'm going to use this logo, does it work in this variety of context? There's a JS uh, JavaScript-based system uh, called graphjs.com or graphjs, and uh, it's meant to automatically add social features and log into your site, which I I found only because I've been looking for those types of features for a static site. I haven't personally tried this one in particular, but I'm looking at it for a project, and on the surface seems almost exactly what I need and could be very useful. Uh, Finally, uh, two more little tools, one called Slang, and it's a super cool audio programming language built in JavaScript. It lets you very easily put together kind of unique sounds and rhythms and that kind of stuff using a a rather unique uh, DSL or that domain-specific language. So it looks like just a fun project to try and mess around with, but check it out. It's called Slang. And finally, because I'm always looking for a solid... Uh, WYSIWYG editor that I can use to integrate into applications, something called Tricks, much like the serial, uh, but it's a open source project by the creators of Basecamp, and it's a rich text editor. 
It looks pretty easy to use in projects. It's just one of many out there, but looks pretty good. And their differentiating feature, or why it seems better, or it could be better, uh, is that instead of just modifying the content editable uh, property, well, any, a, a certain um, DOM element that has content editable, instead of working directly in it, what this does is it kind of sees that you've modified that, brings it up to create its own uh, representation of it within its own object model, and then writes that back to the content editable uh, DOM element. And so with that, they're saying that we have a lot more flexibility and possibility to manipulate that data before sending it back down. So the reason that might be cool is you can do a lot more with it, you know, hook into it in different ways, but definitely kind of something cool to check out and see if it fits your needs. So starting off, got some news, mostly around uh, releases, really. Uh, Chrome 70 was uh, sent out. So the, a couple of the big items in this are that they've got desktop progressive apps, and they've been added to both Windows and Linux. And Mac appears to be slated for Chrome 72 or so. Uh, but they're launched from the start menu just like any other application. And since they use service workers and a few other technologies, they work very quickly and kind of look like native applications. Pretty cool. Um, you may have seen some similar type of things around like the Electron engine, uh, which does kind of similar kind of stuff. But... This is all from the Chrome application itself, and what's cool is that if you go to a website that supports this, it will prompt you to actually install it, and then it just kind of shows up, and it's really just rendering on Chrome, but showing on the uh, kind of your OS as like a native application. So pretty cool. They've also added the Credential Management API, and it allows your site to interact with the browser's Credential Manager, or other federated account services. You know, that's like Google or Facebook. Web Bluetooth is available, and so it allows your site to interact with nearby Bluetooth devices. On the dev tool side, uh, they've added these live expressions, and what they are, they can be, you type in an expression, then, you know, set it as something to be evaluated, and it evaluates and outputs to the console every 250 milliseconds which is pretty cool. So uh, the example given was like the date, like the current date, and it would just keep kind of outputting that. Uh, the performance tab has gotten some much needed speed improvements, which I believe is kind of ironic, but uh, that should help when you're doing profiling and auto-completion on conditional breakpoints. And uh, one little final note, and I've touched upon this a couple times over the, the past year, uh, Chrome 70 was also the is also the release that has distrusted TLS certifications uh, issued prior to December 1st, 2017 uh, on semantic roots. So if for some crazy reason you still have that, there are a lot of alternatives and you should definitely go ahead and remove it. Edge 18 got released or is in process of being released. So this one is coming along with the October Windows 10 update. Uh, the kind of infamous one right now, to a small degree, uh, where it was kind of released and then pulled back due to a uh, file loss bug. Uh, but when it does finally come out, on the consumer side, it's got some media autoplay options to disable that or control 
what you want a site to be able to actually autoplay in terms of video and audio. The web authentication API is now unprefixed and available for developers to use. And there's some updates to the experimental CSS masking implementation. And so just lots of little stuff like that. Nothing major. I think the media autoplay options are going to be well you know, embraced for those that use Edge. Uh, it's a fine browser. I still not my preferred. Uh, Firefox and Chrome are really still leading the pack for me personally. And Firefox itself really has come along in the past uh, year or so in terms of what they're doing. So definitely check it out and see what you can, you know, compare and, you know, uh, look at them. But on the developer side, thankfully, Edge is definitely caught up. Uh, and now we're just working on Safari to get better. So Adobe XD had a October release. And what Adobe XD is, is it's their prototyping app, a lot like some of the other ones out there, like Sketch or Figma, that kind of stuff. And so if you happen to have Adobe, you know, an Adobe subscription in some way, and you're able to get this, uh, it's pretty cool uh, uh, prototyping application. In this one, uh, they've added support for voice triggers and speech playback, which personally for me, I, I don't really see the point. I'd rather them look at other things first, but for those trying to pro prototype those kind of systems, well, very useful for that. Uh, they've added some initial support for plugins, UI kits, and app integrations. On animation, they've added a pretty cool feature called Auto Animate. And the idea is once you create an artboard, you can like duplicate that art artboard, modify some properties, move things around, and by applying Auto Animate, it will create the transitions automatically between them. You know, not a new concept per se, but the way that they're doing it seems pretty well thought out. and pretty effortless, especially if you're just kind of trying to quickly prototype something and not worry about all the intricacies that come along with some of those animations, but a cool way to do it. Additionally, you have some link symbols so that if you update those symbols across, uh, you know, update at the root level, where those symbols are used across all your documents, you can choose to update it. A little easier if you update the asset and want to really kind of push out those changes. <laughs> 